are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. This episode of the Traditional Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by St. Joe River Bows. If you're looking for a custom longbow or recurve, then St. Joe River Bows has you covered. St. Joe's is a family-owned company that specializes in traditional bows for the entire family. Plus their forward handle design, powerful limbs, and unique wood and color combinations make St. Joe's the perfect choice for the budding or experienced archer or bow hunter. Tracy offers bow options for all members of the family from the youngest to the oldest, and they even offer a trade-in program on all youth bows so that as the little ones outgrow their bow, they can trade them in and use that towards the purchase of a bow that better fits their growing needs. And for listeners of the Traditional Outdoors podcast, David and Tracy are going to include a St. Joe River Bows t-shirt with any new bow purchased. Just mention that you heard about them while listening to this podcast. So when you're ready for a new bow, be sure to check out their website at stjoeriverbows.com or give Tracy a call at 517-617-3658 and be sure to tell them Traditional Outdoors sent you. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Steve Angel. Nick's taking a, a bit of a break tonight, but uh, real excited. I got Tom back with me, and Tom has had a pretty exciting um, longbow-related event in the, in the past week. And we'll get to that in just a minute, but how's it been going, buddy? Well, it's been going really good. Been uh, getting out in the woods and enjoying the, the change of season and the cold snap and uh, it's all, it's been a real good, real good season so far. How are you doing? You know, doing good. Um, glad to hear you're getting out. I still have not made it out into the woods yet. Um, I was actually, and had time set aside last weekend. Um, and you know, I'll just go ahead and share this with you. I, I got a lot of my gear together mm-hmm. and, uh, got my broadhead sharpened up. And I'll be perfectly honest with everything going on. I may have mentioned this. I've had very little time to even get out and shoot. So I picked my longbow up and grabbed a few arrows and went out in the backyard and I started shooting. And the more I shot, the more frustrated I got and pretty much decided I needed to take a week and spend some time re-familiarizing myself with my my longbow and, and do the responsible thing and keep my butt out of the woods. So... I ended up not going. I ended up staying home and, like I said, got some other stuff done around here and and did get out and shoot quite a bit. And I've been shooting some this week. So um, if the if the weather will let me, uh, we're supposed to have all kinds of torrential storms uh, starting tomorrow, I think, is when they're supposed to start up. But, you know, if, if they'll behave and give me a little bit of time, I think I'll, I'll be ready to, to, to hit the woods, you know, this coming week. But it just, you know, I, I just didn't feel good about it. And so, therefore, I decided to stay out of the woods. Well, I'm not surprised. It's a bum for you, but it's, you know, the right thing to do. So, uh, happens happens sometimes. And I'm glad you made the, made the, the choice. Um, you know, at the range, it was not an easy one. I can I, promise you. I bet not. <laughs> I bet not. Yeah. Well, bummer. Hopefully, you get uh, dialed back in. You get out soon. Well, I, and I, like I said, I've been I've been shooting some. I did not make it out today. Work was just a bit unbearable today. But I and, and with recording tonight and and you know dinner with the wife and so forth. But 
Um, it's, I mean, it, it and, and I know it's not, it's not going to take long to, to dial back in, but you know, at, at 15 yards, I could not consistently keep, you know, four or five, six shots inside of a pie plate. And that's just not like me. So I just knew it was, and I think part of it was also the frustration, but doesn't matter. Um, but as I, you know, I took the pressure off myself and, and things have improved this week. So, um, you know, the next opportunity, I'm, I'm sure I'll be able to get out there. So good. good. Uh, however, as I alluded to at the beginning of this, um, was uh, randomly scrolling through Facebook, uh, and saw, uh, I put a teaser out there for you. So, uh, well, that's right. You did. You shot me a text. That's exactly right. Or a message. I can't remember. It came on the phone. Um, but I must admit, I got, I got all kinds of excited. Uh, and we've, we've talked about this before. Now you've been, you know, we've had, we've had all kinds of talks about your, your hunting escapades. You, you've hunted all over the the globe now at this point and, and had success, but whitetails have, have somewhat eluded you, um, mm-hmm. to the point at one time you even commented to me, you didn't know if you'd even, <laughs> you were questioning whether or not you were even going to hunt them anymore. <laughs> uh, if you remember that conversation, yeah. but, uh, you, you managed to get your first whitetail last week. Yeah, uh, and that's brother, I can tell you right now that nobody on the planet could have been, could have been happier or prouder for you than me. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to steal all your thunder. I, you know, do you, how do you, how would you like to, how would you like to kind of talk about this? Would you like to talk about what led you here? Well, I was thinking since I purposefully have not told you anything about the hunt, (laughs) I I left you totally in the dark. You don't know a thing. You did. I thought I'd just tell it to you like the way I always tell it to you. And then since the record button's been hit, then, you know, if it comes out good, you can share it. But, um, (laughs) check this out. That sounds like a plan. So get up uh, real early on Saturday morning. Uh, I was hunting the same property uh, that I'd hunted the two weeks before. Uh, so I think this is my fifth day, maybe, of 2019 afield. Um, and I'll come around to how I got this kind of dialed in later. But uh, went out to a tree. Uh, I was a touch late going in. Um and I kicked three deer out basically from the base of the tree in my headlamp. Uh, just I'd give it a go anyway. Got set up, got up, uh, sat, uh, you know, five hours or so. Um, didn't see any more deer. Uh, tempted by some more squirrels or some yummy looking ones now that I've uh, tried that. Um, <laughs> came back down. Uh, got a little lunch. Um, helped out with some chores and stuff around the farm and then went back out, uh, really early, uh, much earlier than, uh, probably would, most people would think and just got real comfortable, settled in and, uh, yeah, it was a great, great, uh, spot and super, super excited to be in that tree. Uh, about half an hour before the end of shooting light, I saw a gray something going through some brush and briar, uh, maybe about 70 yards off, uh, coming down where I uh, figured a trail should be. I'd never been up on that hill before, so just had a pretty good feeling. 
And um, by tracks, I figured there's some some does up there. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find any sign, any hide or hair of any more deer. It was just seemed like it was just that one. And it looked like he was going to take off to my right, and I, I probably wasn't going to see him again. Right? I kind of ruled it out like, oh, well, at least, you know, at least I saw one in the distance. And all of a sudden, it about 40 yards out, it turns. It starts coming straight at me. And I got, you know, a nice bunch of trees between me and him. And as he's coming through, I can start making out a, an antler, not just an ear. And uh, as he's coming, he ends up in what I determined to be a, probably a, a really good shooting lane. I didn't figure it exactly right with the wind. I thought that, you know, an animal might cross it perpendicular. So I'd get a broadside shot or, um, maybe, maybe better, but, uh, he came straight down that shooting lane straight at me. Well, at the height I had my, my tree stand and the, the slope of the hill he was on, he ended up basically coming eye to eye at me at about 15 yards. Um, this point of you know 25 minutes left in the day i got this deer staring straight at me no shot uh it freezes up and i am frozen solid hiding behind my quiver um just motionless just not blinking not nothing and waiting and waiting i've got a decent wind it should be okay and he's staring staring and after what felt like an hour, uh, probably more like two to three minutes of him just frozen there, he looked down and low off to my right. And then he went rigid. Something was on the ground behind me. And he froze up looking down off to my side, the way that I was froze up with him looking at me. Mm-hmm. Really couldn't move, couldn't do anything, just sat there and leaned my uh, back up a little bit against the, uh, the tree, just figured I was going to be settled in either till dark or it moved, you know, no shot, nothing to do. So he burned most of that remaining daylight. It was, it was the better part of 15 minutes. Uh, there was, there was just less than 10 minutes of light left at a point where he flicks his tail and puts his head down and starts ripping some leaves off of a bush. And, I was like, oh, wow, that was pretty intense, but still no shot. And after he takes a bite or two, he turns around and starts walking straight away. And I couldn't draw my bow or do anything in that time. And I was like, okay, well, hey, there's another close shot, right? And I, another close call. Like, my life has been full of these. Um, right. And I'm like, and I just wrote it off. Just like shrugged my shoulders like, yeah, oh, well, it was, it was a beautiful night. And I got to have that, you know, buck right in front of me for so much of that time. I'm just kind of feeling blessed. And all of a sudden the thing just stops, turns straight to, you know, his left sticks his head behind a tree and he's broadside and he hasn't gone, but like a yard or two, you know, still with easily within range. I just look at that. Like you've got to be kidding me. I've waited years for this. Like, clean, open shooting lane, uh, you know, and I was between trees and over branches and under branches, but I mean, it was clear and, uh, not a lot of light left to work with, but like, this is, this is my sweet spot. All right. 
Um, pull my bow back, hit a good anchor, got my spot, you know, pull through that shot, let that arrow flies. And right as the arrow was getting to him, you know, I couldn't see it. There's no, no nocturnal or luminoc or any of that stuff. Right. Um, I couldn't see what happened first. And I heard a lot of breaking of branches. I heard hooves on some rocks, uh, you know, spun, jumped, took a few steps, um, walked up the hill a little bit, stopped, looked back. I'm looking, I can't see any blood or anything. It's a little too dark for that. Um, I'm like, Oh boy, was that a good, was that a good shot or did it move? I really couldn't tell. And, uh, so it walked up the hill. I thought he was gone. I thought he, I thought he moved out. And, um, by then, yeah, I definitely needed my headlamp. Uh, so I climbed down, um, got over to where I thought he was standing, turned the headlamp on. Uh, there's a broken stick right where I thought his hoof should have been. And I'm looking up and down and I said, you know, the way that thing reacted and the way he was all jonesed up about what I assume was probably a bigger buck down under my tree. You know, something had him alert, like maybe I missed it clean, right? Maybe I can, maybe I can find this arrow and it'll be clean and I can write this off. Or maybe I got a pass through, right? Maybe, maybe I can find it full of blood and have that comfort going to bed tonight. And, um, I looked and I, I, I scrubbed through some leaves and I, I could not find an arrow, no blood. I could see a real dominant trail where on the direction he went out in. And um, I heard some hooves up on the hill. Uh, so I didn't follow it. I, I kind of looked up there a few feet, just looking for any spray of blood or drop or anything. Um, I couldn't find anything. So that's dark. Uh, go back, grab my gear, uh, walk back to the house. Had, uh, had dinner, you know, with, with the folks and, um, uh, you know, their family. And it, it was a great dinner and, um, it was kind of my, my weekend to, to say thanks. I took a bunch of steaks out there and did them in the sous vide and, uh, you know, charred them up on the, on some charcoal and it turned out perfect. It was a great meal and went to bed. And before I did, I, I, I looked at, you know, no rain in the forecast, like a 10% chance one hour, you know, it's like, it should be good, nice and cold. If there is an animal down, uh, shouldn't be any spoilage. Um, if it went well, and uh, so I get up, going to wait for sunlight, drink a little coffee, chit chat. And, um, and a few of us go out uh, to where my tree stand was at and uh, walk over to the shot location. Um, oh, coming out the front door, it had rained. Uh, oh, no. It had rained a fair bit. Uh, road was all wet soak in. It was probably around two, 3 AM. It probably started. Um, probably I left a cooler open outside an empty cooler and there's maybe a quarter of an inch of rain in the bottom. So it was a good, it was a good rain. It was cool. That was good. Um, 
as we're walking in, I can see there's a lot more leaves on the ground than there was the night before. So now I've got wet. I've got leaves covering up any leaves that might have blood on them. I'm, I mean, this is just getting worse and worse for me. And um, get up there, no sign of the arrow. One person stays back, is looking for the arrow in the leaf litter. Um, the, the, the man that owns a property, um, we started walking up on the ridge uh, on that trail. And I'm looking for, you know, any bit of blood, you know, fresh hoof marks, broken branches, you know, anything that would show that I was on the right path. And just pretty much instantly, there was nothing left to say that we were. Um, up to the top of the ridge, we were kind of flattened out. And uh, two trails kind of running down both sides of the peak, uh, like you'd expect. And he's like, I'll, I'll take the one to the east. You take the one to the west, get to where you can kind of see down to the bottom. And hopefully we can stumble across a dead deer because there's, there's no sign of anything happening up here. And, uh, so I, I moved down my trail and, um, it was about 10 yards, looked up and saw some brown hair, uh, up just over the, the, the pitch of a log. I moved to the downwind side, I got an arrow ready. Uh, got around to where I had an unobstructed view of uh, Whitetail's tail and hindquarter and crept slowly up at the ready. And that deer had been dead for quite a while. It was fully stiff with rigor and um, gave a shout. I had, uh, had both people come to me. <laughs> And, uh, the arrow was still in it, uh, because of the circle I had made, I had actually circled kind of back toward the, the stand and it only gone about 40 yards. So that was my Sunday morning. And you and I have had a few of these where we've gone from really low lows and sleepless nights, uh, to some very, very happy moments. Uh, and this was absolutely one of those. So on the spot, um, dressed it out and drug it down to uh, tractor road and went back, got my truck, brought it around. Um, basically got it through the, through the property on that. Um, and Got to work on on the things that needed needed to get done. Um, wasn't a huge buck, so very large body. Um, I couldn't tell the night before if it was a four or a six. I thought it was maybe a four corn. Uh, and one of the sides, I don't think would quite count as a a point. So, like I said, it'd be a three point, but. Um, the body was very big. Heart was big. I. It looked like a a big body deer. Yeah. From what, I mean, pictures can be a little bit deceiving sometimes, but you uh, you weren't sitting three foot behind it. Nope. No. 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 That mean, was. It, you could tell it was a big deer. 
yeah, it, uh, it was a whole lot to drag. It was a whole lot to put up in the rafters. It was, uh, uh, quite a bit to handle. And, um, so, uh, based on where I was hunting, uh, it is in a, um, CWD management zone. So, uh, first thing within 24 hours, you got to get that head turned in. So went in and took care of that first thing and Sunday got real busy. So, um, skinned it out, um, got a bunch of ice in the cooler, you know, so it was cooling down, uh, got the quarters off, got the, the loins out, all of that, um, took all the, uh, remnants out to the disposal spot, all the bones and so forth. Uh, right. got home, started pulling the stuff out of the cooler onto the counter and carving and, um, getting it all vacuum sealed and packaged and put in the freezer. So that, that basically was my whole Sunday. So that was, uh, deep. Yeah. But what a way to have to spend the Sunday, right? It was good. I'll tell you what, my, my shoulders were hurting. My, my hands were a little achy and it was a, a real good burn. All right, so it sounds like a sounds like a, a an awesome hunt, um, and I know there's there's one other thing that you you mentioned here, or mentioned in your your message that you sent me with a picture, and I want to get to that in a minute. But so where was the actual? You said it was down in forty yards. Where was 40. the shot? Yeah, that's what I said. Forty yards. Oh, yeah. Uh, where 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 did the shot actually hit? So yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't think we'd talk about this, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, it, the animal did absolutely react to the shot. Uh, okay. So I was holding on, I made a, a perfect broadside and however it moved, uh, I went in through a rear ham and stopped in the rib on the opposite shoulder. So. So quartering, steep quartering away where it reacted. Yeah, it basically sounds like. Yeah, sounds like pretty much bent in a U. Yeah. yeah. So that was uh, lungs intact. So uh, no lung hit at all. Really? Yeah. Wow! And down in forty yards. That that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Well, remember a few years ago, I got that um, liver hit on that that boar, and that was fifty three. 10 minute recovery. I mean, I never want it to happen that way, but, um, my, my, my results with, with my arrow setup have been, I think better than I deserve on a couple of these. Well, a sharp, a sharp broadhead can, I mean, it just can. And not to mention that, but the, the amount of, the amount of animal that you went through obviously probably paid a, uh, uh, a big part of that. Yeah. No, uh, no arterial bleeding at the hind quarter either. Which was, really? Yeah. I mean, I, when I saw it, it was where the arrow was coming out. I thought that was the only way it would happen that fast. But uh, no. One well, thing I can and, think and is that it went along the, um, the bottom of the spine where some of those uh, blood vessels were running. Right, right. You know, maybe I got a long pass through one of those or a long slice somehow. But, yeah, so um, not the way we want it, but it was it was quick. And, and you know, 
I'm sure the deer did react, but it's a, you know, there's, it sounds like, and it, and it's typically the case. There's, there's more factors probably at play here as well. It was, you know, lower light. Uh, you'd been yeah. sitting extremely motionless for, for quite some time, not to mention the adrenaline rush and everything else that's going on. I mean, Hey, it, it, it that's hunting, right? Yep. And uh, I hope you don't mind that I asked the question. I, I didn't really think about it before we, we <laughs> pressed record to see if it was anything you didn't want to talk about. So yeah. my bad there, but no, well, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's a balancing point between, uh, you know, being true to fact and honest and real and uh, still being a ambassador for, you know, our way of life. And right. It's a, it's a balancing act sometimes. So I mentioned you, you had some other things to say in your text and, and I do want to talk about that. So, um, and possibly even, even compare some notes here. Um, so one of the things that you mentioned was it was one of the, uh, uh, forgetting exactly how you worded it, but it had something to do with, you know, one of the first times you had actually applied or maybe the stand location, you had applied, you know, the, so well, I remember what I said. Yeah. Tell me exactly. Cause I can't remember <laughs> and I don't have my phone in front of me. So normally you'd be the first person I'd tell. And I think my text read something like, sorry, you're second to hear, but I had to tell Jason Sam Kobiak first. I just longbowed my first whitetail. So you were the second person I told. Yeah. I'm offended now. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Next time, the first time I kill something, I'll, I'll put you back first. But that was how it came up. And have you gone through his, and, and so everybody, anybody that doesn't know, and we've had Jason on talking about this. So if you don't know who, who Jason Sam Koviak is and you're listening to this podcast, I don't know what rock you've been under, but um, Jason has done uh, a lot of how-to t- style videos. He also has a, a great podcast. I don't think anybody listening doesn't know that, but uh, recently Jason started up another little venture where he has a, a whitetail hunting course uh, that's available online. I don't even honestly couldn't tell you the price. Um, you probably know, but uh, we've had Jason talking about it, and that was the reason you 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 sent a message to Jason is you had actually taken his course, right? Now you went, you actually sat through the course in person though. Nope. Nope. I couldn't make it that weekend. And, uh, that's right. That's somebody right. else got the spot. I, I passed a tip along to one of our mutual friends and, and he got in on it and I, that's right. I just planned to get the next one, but he didn't do another in-person live seminar. Instead he, he created this, this computer-based training. So little backstory, right? For my job, I do a ton of computer-based training, right? I mean, I did three hours today. I mean, it's just, and that's a normal day for me. Like I'm at night, early in the morning, there's something that I got to get caught up or trained on. So I'm very comfortable with that. And I, I learned well from that. Well, rewind to last year and it was my eighth year hunting deer with my longbow without getting one. And, uh, you guys, somebody asked me something about it. I think it was on a podcast, but he's telling me about not getting a deer again. I said, yeah, but I haven't earned it. Like, I, I don't feel bad about not getting a deer because I didn't put in the time. I didn't scout. 
Uh, I didn't put my number of days of field. It's typically a real busy time of year for me. So if I get out, you know, five or 10 days during whitetail season, I might hunt, you know, 30 or 40 other days around the, around the calendar for other stuff. But right. whitetail has always been that thing that I never felt like I'd earned it. So I was okay with it, right? I'm like, yeah, didn't get one. Yeah, I had a few close calls. Yeah, you know. Um, but this time, you know, you kind of take a, a, a life hack approach to it. Looked back and I had hunted, it was 102 days over eight years for whitetail. And I had loosed one arrow. And I thought to myself, if these were my results with anything else I was trying to do in my life, I would be appalled and I would find a way to do it better and smarter. So, uh, coming into the spring, I kind of got serious about it. And I think that's about the time Jason put the class out and I said, huh, you know, 19 hours or 20 hours or whatever it was at the time at initial release, um, of stuff I can go back and reference over and over. And I knew that cyber scouting would be something I would really have to learn a lot about and stand placement and, you know, feeding behaviors and travel movement. And, you know, I just, I felt like if I'm going to change the outcomes of the time I spend hunting, I need to change how I go about it. So, and I'm still at done. I, I think I'm about 20 hours in, and I think now there's 28 hours of material. So there's a lot of bonus stuff that's been added. But mm-hmm. the, the class is a big part of it, but the approach is a big part, right? And you can't get rid of experience. You can't get rid of, like, you know, if that had been the first deer I'd ever seen on a stand, I probably would have freaked out, right? you have a hundred days of looking at deer walking by out of range, it's not that big of a deal. Right. 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 So the experience can't be dismissed, but I definitely had to change how I was going about things. And so, uh, I, my, my little challenge to myself was, okay, I need to consistently get out and hunt in a spot for a few weekends in a row, even if I can't make it during the week. I need to observe behavior. I need to get kind of dialed into movement and patterns. Um, and then, you know, this was one property that I think I had hunted every, at least a couple days, every year for the last eight years. So I put on a topo and an aerial overlay. And I looked at, you know, basically 3,000 acres around it for where's the food, where's the day, you know, use, where's the the night use, where, you know, how are they going to move around the water? You know, what are barriers? Um, a lot of stuff that he talked about in the class, I, I applied, you know, I put layers on my images and started blocking stuff off and using different color codes. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it might sound simple, but last weekend. So the first opening weekend or no, I missed opening weekend. I can't remember the weekend. I shot the squirrel. Um, I just kind of watched movement patterns. I, I kind of checked some sign. Um, and I laid scent in stands, um, in certain places where I knew, you know, they, they, they'd know my human presence was there. Hopefully diverting them a little bit. Uh, next weekend, um, scouted around, looked at where some trails were being used, looked at some uh, fresh sign, 
uh, compared that with kind of my eight year Rolodex of information. And so I kind of put it together and I said, okay, I know I want a place to hunt somewhere between, you know, this piece of water and that piece of water and somewhere between these two ridges, somewhere, somewhere in the saddle. I know I need a place where I can hunt this, um, primary scrape that pops up every single year on this ridge. And uh, I have a spot where I'm pretty sure the does will be moving through first thing in the morning, maybe staging up, you know, last thing at night. And so I had went and picked out three spots and said, okay, the next, next time I come out, I'm going to, I'm going to hit one of these three. It's too early to be hitting the buck one. Um, and I want to kind of save that doe spot for later. So this was the first one I wanted. The wind was right. And when I got in there, I, I knew the exact tree I was looking for in the dark. And when I got up there, it was absolutely perfect in every way. So I spent a good number of hours in there that day and it paid off that night. Okay. So I think the world of Jason, I've seen enough of, and he and I have talked, so he's been on, I mean, well, he's been on the, on the podcast yeah. and I don't know there's, and I want to, I want to do the course and I'm going to do the course. In fact, I told Jason I was going to, and another one of those things that are still on my long list of to do's that I haven't gotten around to yet. You know how that goes. Um, but, but I do know that Jason, a lot of the, we hunt a lot the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It just strikes me a little bit funny that you 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 ultimately decided to really you know go forward and and put forth the effort um, and use some of the same tactics that that I've been using and, <laughs> and have talked to you about forever. Uh-huh. I'm almost thinking. So I'm having a flashback to that discussion I had with uh, uh, that that boy in 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 hog camp about soccer coach syndrome and. Yeah. You know, not listening, so you, you you just didn't listen to me, but you listen to Jason. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna have to have a talk with Jason about that. Figure out what he's doing, what he's doing that I'm not. Well, Steve, honestly, and I mean, and I, I <laughs> I'm honest, just giving no. you a hard time, brother. Oh, I so deserve it because you have tried to help. Uh, I have tried to learn from you. I mean, you I should have charged you. That's that, what it is. You know, what? I should have made you pay for it. perceived value. <laughs> no, and honestly, and I'm still planning on going back and hunting that one ridge that you and I hunted uh, a couple years ago. Oh, I still want to go back and hunt that again. Actually, I got Monday Badly. off. I might go do that. Um, so no, I mean, and, and you have absolutely taught me a lot. I think the difference between the two is when I wanted to rewatch something, I could go back and a couple of those cyber scouting videos, I probably watched three, four or five times. And it was just kind of that repetitive and like every time you read, like when you're reading certain books, you get something different or something more every time you read it. Right. Yeah. And it was, you know, you'd hear him say the same words or, you know, show you the same thing. And then the next time it would click. And so the reason I'm not done with the course is because I have repeated several of these things a few times. And the other thing is most of these I was doing between 11 o'clock and midnight or 10 o'clock and 11 right, o'clock. Right. I mean, the only time I could do it was after everything else in the day was done. That's a really inconvenient time to get on the phone for a couple hours with your buddy and talk about, you know, what I should be, should already know. 
I, and you, like I said, I, I'm giving you a bit of a hard time, and yeah, I'll be honest. Great. Jason Jason turns out so much content. I, I, I don't see how he does it. I know I started putting together some videos, and I, I, I got so far as going through the, you know, how I use the various free tools that are available out mm-hmm. there, but I never really got into, and Jason and I have talked about this, and maybe we just have to make that happen this year. Um, we've talked about actually taking a piece of property and breaking it down separately um, in each our own way and then comparing, you know, kind of online or, you know, through a, a desktop share or something, our notes and see, you know, where our differences are, those kind of things just for an educational thing. But I never got around to putting together the scouting, the videos of the actual scouting. And it's something I still want to do. And again, it's just they're on that they're on that list of to-do items. Um, but that's, that's, man, that's, it's awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm tickled to death for you. I'm, I'm, I'm tickled for Jason too, because it's just, you know, it's just a testament. The guy knows what he's doing. Um, <laughs> and you know, that, I do want to go back to that. And I actually brought this up when, when one of the episodes that Jason was on the, our podcast, um, one of the things that I constantly hear, uh, and Jason knows this, so it's nothing he, like I said, we, he and I talked about it. But one of the things I constantly hear from people when you bring up Jason's podcast is, you know, I, sometimes I get tired of him. You know, he re, he repeats himself a lot. And they play it off as he's he's just, you know, he's not necessarily focused or maybe paying attention or whatever it is. I don't know what they think, but it's, you know, I he repeats the same thing over and over again. And a lot of times when people say that, I say, yeah, but how many things have you forgotten that you heard he say? Hmm. You know, he, he may be repeating himself some, uh, inadvertently, but there's a, there's a method behind the madness. He's saying a lot of the things he says over and over again, because it is that, you know, if you hear something three times or whatever the rule is, you know, you're, you're more likely to remember it. Uh, and I know Jason's doing some of that stuff because, I mean, I can tell you, I can be riding in the car, really not even paying attention and having one of his episodes running in the background, um, almost just like for something to listen to. And like I said, not really focus on it. And, you know, three days later, I'm going, crap, I remember half of everything he said just because, you know, he repeats it and it it sinks in, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention the fact that he's, he's doing it all just for the... Uh, the, the kindness of his heart to try to share his experiences with other people. So next thing you know, uh, you got another zebra light and a jet sled. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's too funny. Yeah. You're, but you're right. You're right. Although most of the time with me, it comes, it comes second, second hand because, uh, I may hear it from Jason and I'll, I'll think about it and then not act on it. And next thing I know, uh, my, my tall, friend with the eight foot stride is telling me how I got to have this latest and greatest headlamp or whatever it may be. But, uh, he's he's usually uh, right. He, you, well, he, I, I can't tell you a single time that I've, I've listened to something where I could say, nah, he's just wrong. Even if I don't necessarily agree with him, I know he's right. (laughs) And there's a difference. (laughs) There, there have been a couple of pieces of gear where I kind of, you know, shrug my shoulders like, I can see how he uses this, but it's not quite right for me. Right, but, um, right. but, but far and away, yeah, there's a lot of good info out there. But, um, but that was, I think, the timing of that course being available 
you know, and me being able to leverage it in my free time, which is uh, not a convenient time. Um, and, you know, learning enough to break out and try some different things, right. you know, after so, eight years so of let's, failing. Let's, let's go through that a little bit deeper, Tom. And you mentioned, you know, okay. looking at the topo maps and, and trying to identify the food sources in the surrounding areas and so forth. But when it came down to actually picking the spot that you were going to hunt, what were you actually looking for? So this is a um, relatively small property in a pretty big, complicated area. Um, it has a lot of bedding area inside of it. Okay. Um, I can look out into the swamp and I can see just about every buck bed out there and I can't figure out how to get to them, uh, without getting winded, blowing it out for a long time, stuff like that. So there's definitely deer holding to it. Um, struggles are the major egress route, uh, out of bedding toward night feed. Uh, typically takes it right across a border onto a, uh, property that doesn't allow honey, any hunting. So evenings are tough. Um, where they come into bed from typically in the morning, it's a little easier or there's a little more activity, I should say. Um, but I really got to thinking about it. I'm like, I go, you know, I've, I've got eight years of seeing things here and there, right? Um, where do I see them go? Like, oh, hey, there used to be a stand there, and then we moved it over there, and then we see the deer move over here. Oh, that year that, that ditch was dry, and they went over here, but this year the ditch is flooded. So, like, the very first day I went out, I went out, I trudged through the water, I climbed up in a stand. I, I thought I was in the perfect spot. I hung my hang on. I was right over this great funnel. I mean, it was choking down to like a 10 yard section with the perfect kill tree in it. I mean, it, it was so good, but what I didn't realize was going the other way, there was so much flooding because of some job the County drain commission had done that the deer were basically skirting around that entire funnel and not using it. So, I mean, it's like all these things you start putting together it's like, okay, so I have a lot of historical information. Now, how do I like gather enough info in the first weekend or the first couple trips to make a plan for what's going on right now? Because I want to get, you know, what the goal was, get this figured out before the rut kicks in, right? So we have uh, unaware deer going into aware deer, going into pre-rut, going into rut, you know, going into late season feeding, you know, cold weather. So my thing is like, if I show up in October and I show up again in December, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. I need to get consistent. And when I learn a lesson in the morning, I need to apply it that night, you know? Um, and in these spots, there were just a few spots that made sense where, you know, kind of when you cross off all the bad stuff and you have the good stuff left, There's just a few that make a lot of sense. There's a couple gambles on that. I mean, there's a couple of trees I've used in the past that I might try again, but 
yeah, it was just, just a matter of um, going in with a beginner's mind and trying to learn as much as I could from everything I saw, applying it back to what I've learned over the last several months. So as you narrowed your, and again, understanding it is a, a small area, as you, as you narrowed down your locations, did you, um, did you pick the spot that you were going to hunt and go in blind and hunt it the first time? Or did you actually go in and scout it? And, and, and I know you said something about the tree earlier, but it wasn't, it wasn't clear to me if you were saying you actually went in blind or not. No. So last Sunday after my morning sit, um, I had these spot these areas kind of in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I thought I had some trees picked out that might work. So on my way out Sunday at about noon, uh, I walked a route that would put me past um, the three areas. And I picked out the exact trees and kind of memorized some features to get me to them okay. in the dark. So they were kind of pre-scouted. It wasn't truly blind. Um, yeah, they were pre-scouted. But I want to make sure... I had the best ones available based on the wind, right? Had the wind been the opposite that morning or, you know, out of the West, um, I would have go try to cut off the does and the pines instead. And I don't want to, I'm not trying to press you on this, but I'm going to press you a little bit further. (laughs) So I have limits to my knowledge. I mean, you you can probably find the tatted edges. That's not, that's not why I'm asking. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to draw a picture here. So you pre-scouted, were you actually pre-scouting looking for specific sign or more pre-scouting to find um, trees that you could effectively hunt from that gave you the the wind direction you wanted? I, I get, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to get in a little bit more detail as far as were you actually looking at physical you know, sign tracks, uh, tracks poop, and scat, those kind of things. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. So the, 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 the map recon and then kind of playing back previous years in my head, um, mm-hmm. dialed me into those first three zones. Um, and then within that zone, I wanted to look for, okay, what are the exact current trails in use? Because there's been some trees down, there's some tops there. There's a little bit of wind blow down, so even though I knew spots where certain trails have been in the past, they might be 10 yards off to the side, or they might, you know, veer off away from a tree that I'd considered putting a stand or hung a stand in before. So gotcha. I knew a, a general area. I really wanted to see what the sign showed on the second weekend I hunted to know what tree I would shoot for. And so on each of these, I have an alternate tree. So based on wind direction and the way that I ingress that I could use. Um, So, but I just, I thought about like, and now here's a great thing. Okay. So I've done it once. I just jumped out of airplanes. I jumped out the first time and uh, then went out and jumped out the second time. The second time for me was much worse because I knew what, what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. So now I'm kind of in this position where it's like, okay, so I've got one. Now, was that just my one in a hundred chance of a particular deer walking past on a particular line and just coincidentally I shot it and, and it died? 
or now when I go back and try again, am I going to find myself back in the zone? Because once is great, and I, it, it's a it's a wonderful blessing for my freezer. I've got to tell you, but now I'm wondering if I can get back in that zone fairly quickly again. So I would say um, you had a plan. The plan came together. You can always have plans that make all the perfect sense that never come together. I Believe me, I know it. The challenge is going all to be not letting, not, not letting those discourage you because yeah. it worked. It will work again. But you could have a you could have a long dry spell. You may not. I hope you don't. I hope you go out this weekend and 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 manage to to see and and shoot another one. But you know, even when things don't work, I think there's always something to be learned from it. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And I will tell you, there is no better feeling in the world than studying maps that you can't. That's all you have is maps and show up at a place like the, the, the thin red, the thin red line that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. um, and hunting, hunting a, a, a section of woods and have predefined places that you want to hunt over the course of two or three days and have the animals in, in, in range multiple times and you've never set foot on the place that, that feels, I mean, I can tell you right now, that feels really good. Um, and, and you get, you, you'll get there. I mean, I think this, if nothing else has probably lit a fire and, and, yeah. you know, told you, you can't, yeah, it can be done. It's not just a fluke. It's not, you know, the magic smoke. Not cursed. Um, right. And you're not cursed (laughs) as long as you're not hunting with an all Osage, um, ASL longbow. Um, (laughs) so, you know, I mean, and I, I would tell you too, to, you know, maybe even after, after season's over, Go back to that same spot and and replay that entire hunt from the deer's perspective. Hmm. You know where did it come from? What was it doing? You know what where was it, where it looked at? I know you could never see what was behind you. What was it peering towards? And then maybe try to go and look and see what could have been coming. That all these things just you know those are the things that you take and build upon when you have something like you know Jason's information that that he's accumulated over you know. 20 years or more um and you build on it yourself because you know even though everything works for jason you're going to find your you're going to find things that work for yourself that Mm -hmm. might be a little bit different or you know things that you notice that that maybe jason it's it's, that's the beauty of it right um but i i will admit i haven't i didn't do it last year uh, but most years, if I take an animal, when I f- go out and do my first my first postseason scouting, when there's no leaves, it's quiet in the woods and so forth, that's one of the first things that I do is I'll actually go to the, each location where I uh, took an animal that, that year, and I'll try to remember as much about the hunt as I can and, and kind of just play it through my mind. Where did he come from? You know, why did he come from that way? Um Anyway, just try to unravel as much of the puzzle as you can and just store that in your in the memory banks and, and apply it later. Uh, it, it definitely helps. Yeah. That's a good thought. 
Well, man, I like I don't I I, I have sensed your frustration. Um, I could almost feel your excitement through your your message the other day. Um, I really, really wanted to just pick up the phone and call you, but I knew if I did, I would end up talking to you about it then instead of doing it when we could actually record it. And, and I did want to capture this, not just for the listeners, but for, for you and me as well. So it would have been a frantic call that day because man, I was (laughs) grooving. There was a lot of work to do, but there's nothing like, you know what, there's nothing like your first whitetail period. Um, and there's nothing like your first whitetail with a longbow or recurve. I, 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 yeah, of, of all the animals that I've, I've taken, I can tell you those hunts still stand out in my mind and I can almost remember every one of them in great detail. And even though the first one was a long time ago, 30, 30 plus years ago, I can tell you I could drive right now and walk you to the exact spot and put my hand on the exact tree that I was hunting out of without a doubt in my mind. So very cool stuff. Know how it, know how it goes at the first, uh, first spot in stock hog, you know, that same thing. I could take it right to the spot. Yep. Uh, Yeah. Well now, so I ran out and bought a doe tag that area there were some left over uh so looking at the the herd out there looks like there's quite a few does and uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go try that doe spot here i think on saturday oh yeah that's right i I forget that you guys don't have the you guys don't have the um yeah so the liberal tags that we have yeah, so <clears throat> I had so I burned my my first buck tag, which is good for any buck, um, and I have a restricted tag that must have four points or more on one side, um, and the chances of bumping into that are a little slim. Um, so yeah, went and grabbed a doe tag, and uh, yeah, so I'm gonna give that a go. Uh, and has relieved. We mentioned that that uh, CWD zone. So. Oh, that's right. Um, I found out that yeah, you have 24 hours to deliver that uh, uh, for testing, or you're up. For, I think it was a $500 fine. Uh, so mine was there within really? a couple hours. Uh, yeah, so soon as we hung it up, uh, cut the head off, took it straight over to the Dropbox. It's really funny. Uh, we have a our DNR has a QR code and they recommend you do it online. Uh, but the place where the Dropbox is doesn't have enough signal <laughs> to bring up the interactive map that you have to point to where you shot your animal on. So, uh, but anyway, I got that submitted and apparently it's going pretty quick with the lab. They said, you know, it could take up to a month. And two days later I got the, uh, results back. So there was, uh, CWD was not present and it is not, uh, uh turbo tuberculosis carrying and, um, they aged it. It was a year and a half, which is, uh, the norm. So, um, kind of need to get all that spit straight out. Uh, but it was good to learn the process. So this is the first year for that in that County. And the first time I've ever had to deal with it. Um, 
So and it seems a bit odd. You have to you have to drop it off within two hours. Twenty four, right? Twenty four hours. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, I had mine there in about two, but yeah, twenty four. Oh, hours. you had yours there in two, but it was twenty four hours. You had to have it in by, yeah. even though you can't kill the prions that cause it. You have to have it there within twenty four hours. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what it read. Yeah, that's that seems a bit odd, but. So just put in the drop station where you don't have cell service. So uh, <laughs> that's pretty fine. But it was it was kind of neat, um, you know, for my the bear I got last year, the, the aging results and all of that took like nine months or something to get. So to get results back in two days was pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, put some calls out today trying to figure out how to get the the head back. Um, so we'll see. So um, have you? Uh, well, I'm guessing since you just got the results back, you probably haven't feasted on any of it yet. No. So put it all pretty much straight into the freezer. And otherwise, I, if I would have known the results were coming back this fast, I would have had some tonight. But uh, now I got a thought. So now I'll probably wait for the weekend. What you going to do first? Backstraps? Come on, tell me you're going to do backstraps. <laughs> so the, the backstraps and the heart have a special place, and those are going to come out for a special meal. Um, that would be a, a sectional loin. I'll do a, uh, I think I'm going to do an Italian herb uh, rub, uh, sous vide, and maybe a pan sear on that. Just a little bit. Give it a tiny bit of color. Yeah, super rare. Very cool. You'll have to let me know if it uh, if it tastes any better because it was yours. I'm sure it will. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it works. Well, brother, I'm I again. I can't tell you how, how super excited. The only thing that made this better is if I'd actually been there hunting with you. But yeah. maybe for the next one. Well, we'll see. If I punch another tag, I might have to come to Georgia. I've been threatening that all year. And you know what? You you're 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 welcome here. We've got. Uh, you know, the only thing that I would have to coordinate around would be um, Bella's birthday's coming up, and we don't even know yet what we're doing, whether we're going to spend the weekend down there with her or she's coming, you know, home for that. But that's about the only weekend I can think of off the top of my head that I've got anything that's just wouldn't would, would prevent me from hitting the woods. And as you've heard, it's all pretty much pristine untouched because I haven't had a chance <laughs> to go hunting. So... I wasn't even going to poke um, go, you about it. Go go go! punch that tag, and it'll give me a good excuse to take a few days off work, too. So. All right. Maybe we'll work on that. Well, brother, I think we've, uh, I think we've managed to, to beat this one up. Anything, any closing, any closing words, remarks, or anything you, you forgot you haven't mentioned yet, or any, no, any advice no. you'd give to, to sage young Traditional bow hunters? Stick at it. <laughs> Don't give up. <laughs> Don't give up. Yep. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you didn't. Because now I think uh I think it might be a little bit easier to get you to go with me deer hunting. Now. <laughs> so <laughs> that sounds good. I look forward to it. All right, brother. Well thank you for taking the time to join me tonight to 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 share this with everybody. I know I've enjoyed it and I sure I'm sure everyone listening will too. To everyone else, thanks so much for tuning in, and we will look forward to uh, having another one for you next week. So long, all.